Welcome to Super Fight Freaks Podcast. It's me. I'm your host, your boy, Young Frizzy, a.k.a. the H-Town Hitler. And I'm joined by my brother, D-Raz, a.k.a. the Chinatown Coon. D-Raz, let me know how you're doing. What's going on, guys? I'm happy to be here. Happy. I'm happy to be here, man. I'm happy to do another episode. Yeah, I mean, what else can you say? Uh, look, Not much. We do these shows so intermittently, it, the, the things kind of get lost in the timeline. But I do know what has happened since we last spoke was uh, the Canelo fight that everybody was kind of waiting for, I guess. I mean, it's, you know, it's the same thing with these Canelo fights. It's it, it, Before it happens, you already know what's going to happen. But since he's, I, I guess, one of the biggest stars in the sport, you're, you're kind of excited for it. Uh, and then as it happens, it's kind of flat. You know, I, I feel like he's just a can of soda that's been sitting there on the counter for like 10 minutes too long by the time you get to it. And it's just never quite right. satisfying. I don't know if it's because I'm a hater, if it's because you're a hater, but it's been so long since I've watched a Canelo fight and I've been satisfied. Satisfied. Yeah, like actually satisfied. I agree. I, I don't know. I've never been a Canelo these fights, fan. Right, where it's, so like, yeah, it's hard to say, you know, it's hard. Yeah. to. I don't know if I can even... I'm the right person to talk to about this because, you know, part of it is, you know, I just don't like the guy. And I don't, I don't know if I'll ever be satisfied. Well, I always feel like it's like, OK, if he knocks this guy out, look, I'll give him some credit. And then the way it happens, for whatever reason, it's like, ah, you know, fuck that guy. <laughs> that that was horseshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, OK, so I, I don't know. Look, everybody, you've already heard your Canelo post-fight analysis ad nauseum. I don't know if there's anything new I could bring in the conversation other than I just wasn't that impressed. I didn't think Billy Joe Saunders was very impressive, and I still think he fought evenly with Canelo throughout. Uh, sure, Canelo won. Was he winning? I mean, I guess. Who cares? I don't know. He's clearly not the guy he was five or six years ago. Uh, he, he's a, he's a one-punch guy now and I, I guess he is getting stoppages look I guess he is getting these one hit knockouts but he just still doesn't seem to me like a real knockout puncher I mean he's just uh, like I mean, this constant conundrum you know yeah you have to explain it you know he, he's not a one punch and all you know it's hard to explain to someone who doesn't know you know as much about boxing as we do or or as a super fan would but yeah I I think you would have to say he's not a well let me say this most super doctor. fans don't know shit about boxing and yeah, it, it may yeah. come across like we don't know much about boxing, but the thing is, is that it, it's almost when you get to a certain level of awareness on the subject, it's hard to break it down for people who don't know much about as much about it as us. You know, yeah, we're almost because we're not we're, in the, we, yeah. you know, you're too qualified, we're too qualified yeah. to provide analysis. It's like you'd ask, a, you know, a neurosurgeon when, when, he, when he's doing brain surgery to, can you put it in layman's terms? Yeah. And he'd be like, you know, look, buddy, I don't even, you know, I haven't said the lay, I haven't used the layman's term in, you know, three decades. I don't know if I could, I could you know, break this down yeah. any further. I had to speak to a fellow colleague. So it's kind of the same thing here, you know? I don't yeah. Know it's like asking, you know, like a, like one of the top astrophysicists, you know, like, hey, why is the grass over there hot? Uh, it's hard, you know. It's going to seem like I don't know why the grass is hot, you know, but I have to know a few things beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't even start talking to you about this. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that's how I feel about Canelo. Uh, Not impressed. Look, he's going up against Caleb Plant. That's an easy decision win. And and I love, dude, uh, look at this. The guys at the zone, they're such these sneaky little fucks. You know, you almost want to, I almost want to put my hand around the necks of the guys who are running these social media accounts because they really think they're clever. Oh, I like that. You you know, I'm going to talk about that in a second. But, but these, that's cool. Yeah, these fucking guys uh, at the zone, right? After that sham of a fight against Billy Joe Saunders, you know, where it's the most convenient ending for everybody, 
Billy Joe Saunders yeah. gets to act like a warrior and quit. Uh, you know, he gets to look like a real <laughs> tough guy that he fought with the uh, uh, his apparently his skull was caved in and the orbitals, everything was crushed. You got to dust. fight for one and a half, uh, 94 seconds with it. Yeah, Canelo gets his one hit knockout, even though it looked like he was being outboxed at the time. Uh, okay, you know, and everybody kind of wins, right? You know, I don't know. I feel like if a guy, if his cranium was collapsed, he would have gotten knocked down and he would have looked hurt or something. <laughs> I, maybe it's not a big injury. I don't know. Yeah. It was just the most convenient ending for all parties, you know. And afterwards, those sneaky fucks at his own, they upload this video. And uh, the title of the video was something to the sorts of, are we actually going to get Caleb Plant versus Canelo? And it's like, you know what? Nobody's asking that question. We all know we're going to get Canelo Canelo versus Caleb Plant. And we all know what's going to happen. Yeah, the real, the neurosurgeons of boxing really don't care. Are we actually, they're saying, they phrase this, you know, are we actually getting that, like, wow, could we be so lucky? Yeah. But, you know, the real neurosurgeons and, the, you know, the real astrophysicists know that that's not, you know, you're, that's not the fight I want. Yeah. That's well, not then the all, and then for. all the super fans or the, or the scum of the sport, you know, yeah. they're going to get on the comments on YouTube, like, no, the weasels, never gonna the fight. worms. He'll never that, fight Caleb Plant, you know, and then they just buy right the into rats, the machine. The, or the Ellie Secbacks of the world. Yeah, so just this fake uh, narrative gets pushed on the masses, and you know what that reminds me of, and it's and it really has me asking questions: Are the same people that are ruining boxing, are they the same people that are destroying society in America? You know, well, well Bob Arum. I mean, that's a question for another day. We don't have to get into that right now. Yeah, it's, yeah, we'll unpack it slowly. Oh yeah, I will say Bob Arum, and you know his, you know his his um, religious beliefs do seem to line up with certain certain members of society that that you can lay a lot of blame at their feet. But I don't know. We're not doing that today. So we'll just move it on. Yeah, we're, we're going to move it on to something. Uh, you, okay, I, I got to say this too. You know, uh, I, I like to steal these fights. Um, mm-hmm. Just, yeah, because look, I'm not going to pay if I don't have to. And you know what? I, I I just had this thought, you know, and one of my favorite parts about stealing fights back in the day, and uh, D-Raz, you were right there next to me. It uh-huh. was this little game you could play of like, where's this being broadcasted? You know, I'm stealing this stream. Yeah. Uh, oh, they're speaking, man, that's kind of sounds like Russian. Look at these commercials. Look at what they're advertising. Cause you know, you're getting it from a different stream, right? You're, you're yeah, yeah. wherever that person is broadcasting from. That's the stream you're getting. Sometimes it's like, Oh man, I think we're watching a French stream, you know? Yeah, and yeah. Oh, look at these people. They're all Mexican. Maybe, oh, maybe it's a Mexican stream and, Oh, look, they're playing soccer and all the commercials and they're kind of brown. Oh, they might be Portuguese, dude. Yeah. And uh, the, the cruel irony I've noticed is that so many of the commercials in between fights, it's just all these fucking joggers. Uh, it's all, you know, it's all these, like, I don't know how to say it. They're, they're dark people. There are a lot of brothers and sisters. And yeah. it has me questioning, you know, like last week I was thinking, oh, am I watching a stream from Uganda? Or is this the Congo, you know, where they, is this some little democratic Republic in Africa where they're speaking English and no, it's always an American stream. I'm like, oh no, this is just Fox, you know, where everybody in every commercial is black. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So look, man, it's not just America. It's not just an American issue. It's a world issue, but uh, again, I think that's something we have to get into on a different podcast. And maybe yeah, we're just previewing. We maybe it's something we did get into in a different podcast. I don't know. I couldn't answer that question. But and we might. I be, will say, it's maybe a preview for where the show is going to eventually veer into. Right now, we're going to try our best to keep it about fights. But yeah, yeah. I, and I will say, look, yeah, that's a world issue. That's an issue, you know, home and abroad. But 
And it's yeah. something we absolutely need to stand up against and fight, uh, fight tooth and nail for. But um, again, we'll bring that up at another time, maybe. Pro- probably later on in this episode. Well, I'd like not to, but I mean, like, you know, we'll see. We'll see how, where, how the moment should strike us. Uh, you know, last night in, in boxing, right, there was the uh, an, another uh, actually kind of a decent fight, not a big fight, but a decent fight in the uh, was it 134, 35 pound, 140, 140. Okay. 140. junior welterweight. It was uh, I'm going to say Sean Jose- Walker versus oh. Jerome. Who, who were the guys? It was Jose Ramirez versus Josh Taylor. Okay, yeah, Jose Ramirez versus Josh Taylor. And you look at a guy like Josh Taylor, and even to an extent, Jose Ramirez, at least they're trying to fight other top guys. You know, at this point, there's almost no way you could kind of say that Josh Taylor is not one of the best or the best 140 pounder. He's the best 140 pounder. I don't know how you could say he's one of the best. He is the best. Who did he not? You know, he's beating everybody. He beat Victor Postal. I don't see, I don't see, I don't see Hooker on his resume. <laughs> yeah, well, you never hold. I, and if, you know, if all things go as planned, you never will see Hooker on his resume. I hope I, 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 to... I bet right now, if we check the zone right now, they're, they're going to have a speculative uh, uh, side job, happened? psyop. You know, uh, will they have that Ock and Barack Hooker? And they'll have Ock and Barack and Saddam, all those fucking, those three, uh, I'm going to put air quotes, Americans uh, talking about uh, <laughs> boxing. And they, yeah, they're going to ask, well, what would, what would Hooker would have done with Josh Taylor? Now, one of the unfortunate things about uh, when, when you're talking about guys like us who, who know so much about boxing is, uh, you know, here's a look behind the curtain. I didn't even watch the fight. Uh, you want another I, look behind the curtain? I didn't either. Yeah. That is one of the. And here's an even another. And I already know what happened. Exactly. I'm going to peel back another layer of that onion. I didn't watch it, and I already know what happened. And you know what? It's exactly what I knew was going to happen the day before. Uh, Josh yeah. Taylor slightly outboxed that fat, pudgy uh, Ramirez. Soft. Yeah, and you know what? I'll say this. Uh, he knocked him down twice, which uh, whatever, but he didn't knock him out, so that's stunning. But, um, yeah, the, he uh, he outboxed him and beat him. He's the best 140-pounder, no doubt about it. Well, interesting factoid. This has nothing to do with the fight, but it's just as interesting, I think. Uh, I used to work at the restaurant across to that. So that fight was at the Virgin Hotel. It's the first event ever hold there at the Virgin Mobile Hotel and, like, right. you know, casino, hotel and casino. It's the newest thing on the Strip. So it's this brand new hotel on the strip. And I actually worked at the restaurant while they were building it and when it first opened. So I was at, I worked at a cross street right when it first opened. And it's just fun to think that, oh shit, man, I, well, I drove past that, drove in the point, you know, I walk past that every day. And, wow. um, wow, yeah, so interesting. you know, and that's another, that's another look. I was there. That's that, a look that's behind the curtain. And that's only, only possible. That little tidbit is only possible because ra- we got D-Raz down there in Vegas where all this stuff happens. I was across street when that opened up. And then little did I know they're going to be fighting there. And, you know, honestly, it's not that glamorous. It's not a glamorous part of the strip where the Virgin Hotel is. So it's funny to think that they put them there. And they had that fight. And they did and again, the, the, adjust the, to the one. They did they, they a sigh up on the zone because they kept describing that area as beautiful, nice, luxurious, you know, like. Oh, of course the fight's here, you know. Not at all. No, not at all. That's one of the lower they're trying to they're trying to, you know, fix it up. And that's the first step is the Virgin Hotels. But obviously we got a lot they got a lot more steps to go. So wow. Yeah, it was um it was nice, but uh yeah, Josh Taylor's all right. Jose Ramirez sucks. One thing I will say is my coach, and I do think he knows a lot about boxing, he he always that remains to be yeah, that remains to be seen, but he always gets these fights wrong. I'll talk to him on Monday, but of course he picked Ramirez to beat the fuck out of Josh Taylor. And I was like, oh, are you sure? And he said, yeah. So he, he got this one wrong like he gets them all wrong. Well, look, man, the pro-grade fight, you know, that's that's already a pretty dynamic guy. 
And the way, you know, he, not like he dominated Progre, but he clearly beat Progre, you know, and, and that's way better than anybody Ramirez had fought. You know, look, look the thing with, with these kinds of fights is, is what I find interesting. This is like the classic archetype, right? You got a boxer who's taller. He's going to use his length against the guy who wants to get inside and fucking wreck house. Right. Yeah. And it can go two different ways. You know, when you have a guy who's just going to do what he should do, what he's supposed to do. You should be facing a guy who's been doing something to you that everybody has been doing to you since you've been boxing, right? It's the most expected course of outcome. But if you don't have the skill to get over that hump, it's also very hard to beat a guy who can just kind of go into prevent mode. Not not that Taylor does that because, look, Taylor leads with uppercuts. He leads with hooks. He does kind of, even though he's not yeah. a big puncher, he does punish you. He does try, yeah. but it's really hard to beat a guy who can always just decide, oh, you know, I'm going to go on prevent right now and I'm, I'm still going to win the round of a jab. And, you know, Taylor can do that. Ramirez yeah, can't, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I guess that made the difference in the fight. And now he's the undisputed champion. Uh, means less and less with each passing year. And so now he's the sixth undisputed champion of all time. and uh, Or the fifth one, I'm sorry. He's the fifth undisputed champion of all time. It, mean, it means nothing. And I'm not taking one of the achievements because he is the best 140-pounder in the world. But um, they just recently had a fake undisputed champion into Fimo Lopez. And I think that's another. He's a good fighter. And he did beat the best guy in the division, but he's not the undisputed champion. And uh, I just think it goes to show you that um, that it means nothing. You know, no. I don't think it means anything to be the undisputed champion. Um, if Pacquiao decided to drop down 140 pounds, he would be the number one 140 pounder. You know, he'd be the guy. So, and he could have no belts. So, speaking of which, I guess I'll transition us next. Did you hear about the, the Pacquiao Spence fight? Oh yeah, dude. Uh, the you know my my wife actually brought that up to me. She was like, "Hey, is this real or is is this something you've heard of?" And then I guess it was a picture of like the Spence versus uh, uh Pacquiao poster. That's and you know they got so many filters on Pacquiao, and he still looks old as fuck. He's really pushing it, man. Yeah, I'm sure he, I'm sure his physique looks great, but he's shown his age even in these promotional pictures. And forty two, forty two, and it's just one of these things. Like I just don't care. You know, Spence is bigger. Spence should obviously win, but guess what? He's not going to get any credit credit for it because the guy is 42. Or, or at least he's not going to get any credit from the people like us who really know what we're watching. Yeah, someone at the gym told me this, and I, I had to break down for him because, you know, and I, I'm not. So, so, the, so, the goyams, so the Goyams are biting hard for this. The Goyams are biting hard, but they're doing yeah. some things, and, and they just don't get boxed, and they exist, and I don't blame them. They exist inside the Matrix. So how could they? And this is one of the dads of a very promising up-and-coming young fighter, and oh, he's okay. a dad. But when we always talk, and he's a nice guy, and he's a, he's a lifelong Pacquiao fan. He's been watching boxing since before I've been alive. He loves Pacquiao. He's, he himself is Filipino, so you know I'm sure there's you know some, some sort of nationalistic pride going on there, which is fine. Yeah. He uh, told me that you know I just wish he would fight like someone like Mikey Garcia, and he's like that would be a good you know that'd be a good one to go out on. And then I had I had to you know bring him aside and I patted him on the head and I said yeah. no no that wouldn't be a good fight to go out on and I was like let me tell you if he beats Mikey Garcia are you impressed no if he loses to Mikey Garcia are you know, are you ha I mean is did he lose to a world kid no it's embarrassing if he yeah. loses to Spence is it embarrassing no it's not embarrassing if he beats him all right that's to the legacy you know he, he this is a man and that just to me that just goes to show Pacquiao's from you know he's from eight generations ago. And that was before the Matrix was created. 
And so it just goes yeah. that he doesn't exist inside of it. And he's doing things that, yeah, it's a, a very hard fight. It's well, no one, a lot of it, you know, I don't think I know, but the odds makers will tell you it's a very hard fight. And a oh, lot of yeah. people don't think you can win it, but well, you know, and obviously we're in this supreme minority, you know, I, I was leaving work on Friday and, you know, some of these guys, they know that I'm into boxing or I, oh, that's a boxing fan. At least, you know, I, I don't look, I'm not going to talk with, with these kinds of people about those kinds of things, but uh, he, mm-hmm. he, you know, he came up to me all excited and he said, you know, oh, oh, yeah, Frizzy, H-Town Hitler, oh, did you hear the news? You know, and then I said, what? And he told me about the, you know, the Pacquiao-Spence fight. He's like, he's like, you know, what do you think, man? You know, who, who do you think is going to take that? And, you know, I just kind of laughed to myself and I just kind of looked at him. Uh, you know, I looked him up and down for a second, got right in his face. <laughs> and uh, I, I grabbed his cheeks and I said, you just, I said, you just don't get it, do you? <laughs> I, I said, you just, you just, re- you really don't get it, huh? You know, and I, I didn't even answer his question. I got him in my car and, and uh, you know, I, I went home. I left him standing there like, like a retard, you know. And yeah, that's what you do. That happened I, to me one time. I just <laughs> and I just walked away. I just laughed to myself. And yeah, there's nothing to say in that moment. I, I you did right. You did right. You did right by that man. Maybe he'll go home and think about it. Yeah. And I, dude, I was so close to turning around and driving back up to him and getting out of the car. You know, and really just fucking let him Pulling have it. Pulling out like, my nine millimeter and letting it sink. Oh yeah, dude. He he. I'm telling you, he was about two seconds away from staring down the barrel of a 45. <laughs> you know, I said, "Don't you ever talk to me about boxing, uh, if if that's what you're gonna say, things like that." If you exist, me. if you're that deep in the matrix, if you're still in the pot or whatever, if you're still yeah. in the egg, you know, drinking from the tube, then don't even bother talking about it. Yeah, that's it's only gonna serve to hurt you. Yeah. And that's to anybody listening. If if you're excited by that fight, if if, if you want if, to email us about it or leave a comment on, on on the page or anything like that, just if you think yeah that, that this is a great fight and this is exactly what we've been waiting for and it's the Pac Man versus the Truth, then just go ahead and save yeah. yourself the time and the embarrassment. Don't do it. Yeah, you should join the forty five percent because you're likely a tranny you should go listen to uh espn boxing podcast or something like that this is espn not boxing you. or the red pill podcast or so yeah. something i don't know this is not for you though yeah you're a long ways from where we're at uh so oh, look and we're not even going to talk about that fight ever again it's no, not going to be no. brought up Do you want to give an official prediction or oh yeah I'm, wanna... an official prediction i'm going to tell you what's going to happen uh errol spence is going to win it seven to five his eyes are going to be puffy and and, you know, uh, we're all going to say it was a tough, great fight and the passing of the torch. That's what they're going to say at the zone, a real passing of the torch, you know, and maybe they'll even do a rematch down the line when Pacquiao is 45. So Spence could really get the put the stamp on him and, and all the Goyams will get excited for that one, too. You know, um, what's funny is uh, I'm not even going to because, um, like you said, we're doing this podcast for the neurosurgeons and for the yeah. uh, the physicist so i don't obviously this goes without saying and i don't need to say it but it yeah and no, no that's a good point i want to say real quick that we are doing this podcast for the higher level so that's honestly i get concerned if i check our analytics and i see we have some new listens or we're getting new listeners because i know yeah, how look, many of know, us should be out there and, and you know i would be really concerned if because you know a lot of people can be in mensa but yeah. how many you know we're looking for the top four percent in mensa or something yeah. it's it not just you know it's a very we're small not, niche we're going out yeah we're not casting a big net out for everyone this is for the people that you know are t- sick and tired of listening to chris mannix and joe testator talk about how great timothy bradley was and and <laughs> all, all those fights yeah. and we're never done with that it's not about that this is this is real so yeah i'm not even going to mention what this means for boxing no. and how it illustrates pacquiao's generation and the type of fighter fighter that pacquiao is relative to spence and everyone and everyone after spence 
that goes without saying. I'm sure everyone's already nodding their head and they're aware that obviously Pacquiao is of a different ilk. And win, lose, or draw, Spence should absolutely be embarrassed about this. And he should take no pride in this. I, I hope every punch he throws in training camp, every slip he does on the speed bag, everything he yeah. does, a little bit of him dies because it's embarrassing. And you if know, he loses, it, he should be allowed to fight again. Spe- speaking of all this, you know, you got uh, after after that Canelo fight, you saw Demetrius Andre. You know, he he rolls up in the press conference. And, and look, here, I want to say this to guys like Demetrius Andre: if you're going to come in there and interrupt Canelo, you know, and you're going to get in a back and forth with him. Uh, stand straight up and you know, keep your head up. L- look at look at Canelo as you're talking and uh, act like you have something to say. I mean, he sounded like yeah. a reporter speaking out of turn. He was mumbling to himself. Mm-hmm. He said, well, he, "Why he, you know, fi- why, you know fucking say something." Uh, and, and you know, Canelo is getting close to hitting the mark, but I, I wish he would just call it and and, and you know j- j- just say, "Look, I'm going to fight easier guys," or "Ah, oh, you know." But but he always what what did he hide behind this last time? It, it was uh oh you're nobody you're not even popular. It's like dude Caleb Plant is not popular. <laughs> like that K- Turkish Canelo guy, I've never that, heard of that uh, guy in my life. Uh, I heard of him once, and I'm not proud of it. But yeah, I, I knew who that guy was. But you know, uh, yeah, Caleb Plant's not popular. Demetrius Andre is at least an Olympian. I mean, and, and, I, and then and then one of the Charlo, none of them are popular. I don't know. None of and them. And then Germangelo Charlo, he's finally stepping out from the shadows. And he's finally saying he's ready for the Canelo fight. It's like, dude, you're 32. You've been hovering around Canelo's weight for eight years. You haven't called him out. You haven't fought Andre. You haven't fought this. You haven't fought that. And it, it, it's just frustrating. You got all these guys thinking they're superstars, acting like divas, yet nobody knows who the fuck they are. And I, I don't know how I we look past this, this complex. You, you could literally have in any boxing. supermarket in America. You pick the city. Big markets. I'm talking Dallas. I'm talking Brooklyn, New York, wherever you want to go to. And you could put uh, uh, Billy Joe Saunders. You can put him right next to Demetrius Andre. You can put him right next to Caleb Plant. And you can have them arguing in the store. Nobody would know who the fuck any of them were. You could give them all boxing gloves to put on. and no one I even think you could put, and I might be wrong, but I think if you stay away from the Midwest, you stay away from high you know, Mexican populations. Look, I think you put Canelo in a supermarket in Iowa. Nobody knows who the fuck he is. Well, they might know he's that boxing. I, I yeah, you think they would know? Clothes. I don't know. I don't think if so. If you put him in street clothes, no. If I he's wearing he boxing, boxing trunks and the gloves at the supermarket, they might know who he is. There's no fucking way that people know who Canelo is in Tacoma, Washington. I don't believe If he's it. wearing sunglasses, probably not. If he takes off the sunglasses, I don't know. But it's embarrassing. Look, we never had to do they didn't they weren't doing that in the 90s, you know. You, Look, you Canelo know just fought in Arlington. Arlington. You know, I'm not going to obviously we know why. He sold tickets, you know, for 15 bucks, bringing a Dr. Pepper can and getting them for five. And yeah, they filled up the place like the state fairgrounds. But there's a reason why he's not fighting in Vegas uh, <laughs> for that last fight. You know, there, there's a yeah, these I guys agree. they're just I not agree. no the, none of these guys are as popular as they're acting like. You know who's the real superstar in boxing? Is the Paul brothers. Uh, you know what's so funny? I'm glad you brought that Askren up. Askren is probably the Go most famous professional boxer of the last decade. Go on ESPN, Farrell. I'm not joking. Go on ESPN. Go on the zone. Going over. They're all writing up these articles. Yeah. About this Jose Ramirez, whatever fight. About this Anthony Joshua Usyk fight. About uh, oh, or, or whatever. About the Canelo oh. Billy Joe Saunders fight. They're all writing up these articles about these potential fights and these fights that happen. And all of them, they all have the title: boxing finally gets back on track, or boxing finally steps away from the sideshow, or finally something of substance. And it's like I'm thinking in my head. Who wrote this? Yeah. Is he serious? 
Well, does now, he know what a yeah, sideshow is? Is he aware of what something does he know what substance is? Because uh, he said now boxing's finally back on track. Which track is that? That would be my one question. It's on the highway to hell. That's I was where just boxing about to say, headed. boxing has been in a downward, a violent downward yeah. spiral for the last. It's been in a downward spiral for the last, I'll say, fifteen years. For the last ten, it's been in a violent downward spiral. Yeah. So what try? We back on the downward spiral. At least we were treading water. We're probably going up with the Jake. Paul. And th- that's what these people outside the Matrix. Uh, the same man, and I, he's a good man. And I don't want to mean to rag on him, but you know he he gives me a lot of sound bites. The same man who said Pacquiao should be better off fighting Mikey Garcia because he he might, he might hurt his you know he, he might hurt his fingies against Errol Spence. Uh, also said that he hopes one of these YouTubers dies in the ring. <laughs> that's so kind. Of, I do kind of like that. So boy, I think I, that would be great for the. No, sport. I, I like that he and you know he never backed away from it. He, once he saw me laughing and said so he you know he was like oh, I'm serious. I, was, I thought it was funny, but I told him, you know, the only reason I would root for that is because it would get it more popular. He wants to because he says, you know, if one of them dies in the ring, they'll know how serious the sport is and they'll stop doing it. And I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> if one of them dies in the ring, that'll at least that'll make it more popular. And second of all, I was like, look, man, we need those guys. I was, I don't care. You know, as long as it's not on Triller, I'll fight on Jake Paul's undercard. Yeah, I'll fight. I'll fight in the opening fight on that fucking card. I'll do any of those. I mean, you have to realize that that guy and all those guys are the biggest stars in this sport, and it's not by accident. It's because everyone else in this fucking sport is is they're fucking lousy. There are no stars, you know. And it's not because, I mean, it's partly because you know kids like YouTube and TikTok and stuff. And we can talk about you know how gay that is ad nauseum, but you know it, we would be really doing a disservice to a lot of people if you didn't also acknowledge that that's only 50 percent, if not well, less percentage of the pie the other one is that every boxer in this entire world well, look at caleb plant he's gonna pony. have the spotlight on him next right he's gonna fight canelo yeah, and i'm sure he's who, who does caleb plant her? appeal to he doesn't have knockout power I, I guess he can sort of box he's a white guy that dresses like and talks like, like a guy. jogger yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he has a tall tee and it's 2021 Nobody gives a shit. The Mexicans aren't going to line up to fill up the fucking San Jose Civic Center for that. Look, they better uh, have that fight in Guadalajara. That's all I'm telling you. That better be in Juarez, you know, Sinaloa, Mexico, or whatever. That's the only way. You yeah, that'd be a that good fight for out. Sonora, Mexico, or something. We'll just have to keep going further down south as he fights these <laughs> scraping the barrel for opponents. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. The sport's going nowhere quick. And if guys like Jake Paul and Logan Paul and Ben Askren, if they're going to speed it up and make it fun on the way. Uh, that's what I'm for. And I, and I actually would, I'm, since you said that, I, I'm Again, gonna... I would tell that guy, I would tell, I would tell that guy, I would tell him, look, tell your son to take some notes on that because at least yeah. when they give Jake Paul a spotlight or Ben Askren, the spotlight, or even when, you know, when they give Ben Askren and those guys a spotlight, at least they know what to do with it. At least they promote the fucking fight. And at least it, you know, it's fucking talked about for three months after the fact, they're still talking about it and stupid little pencil neck ESPN boxing riders are still referencing it well after the fact that it's happened yeah. after we've had six undisputed the title fights and they're still well, we're getting back on track that's how you know at least they know what they're doing give caleb plant the spotlight he's gonna squander it he'll be it'll be if you give him the spotlight the room is gonna be as dark as ever because he doesn't know how to use one you know what though the one one thing that guy did say that i did that i do agree with is i would like to see more deaths in boxing and i would like to see some high profile deaths in boxing uh i think that would get the sport <laughs> uh on the right track and get everybody excited imagine if caleb plant killed canelo right there in the ring you think we have, do you think that's a star <laughs> well, that's is born? Big, do you think Caleb Plant, you know, would reach? Yeah, a I mean, I think he's status? a big star. I think he should have. 
if I did something like that, I'm the, I, I would immediately transition to WWE or AEW. I would try to say, hey, look, you know, I'm the undisputed champion. I killed the, the last guy. I yeah, I killed Canelo. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> so I can work you know, into there, an angle. I guarantee a, you one uh, of them would go for it. There, there was a, a fight, I, I don't know, about 20 years ago. I still remember uh, Jesus Chavez versus uh, – Fuck, I'm going to say Leandre Lattimore. I know that's not right, obviously. <laughs> it, it's, it's something like that. Just plug in a random. Who is Jesus Chavez? Jesus Chavez uh, was the guy from the back in the day, like 130 pounds, I think. But anyways, okay. he fought this black guy on HBO pay-per-view undercard, and he killed him. It was sad. There's a family, yada, yada, yada. The black guy oh, died was... the next day, right? Oh, he killed him? This was like 20 years ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was on HBO okay. pay-per-view undercard. Well, anyways, uh, 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 the next time he came out for his fight, he was going by the nickname El Matador. And you know that that means I guess it translates to the killer. Oh, so I thought oh, that, so I thought that was pretty cool. And there's a lot of people online screaming, "That's so insensitive!" And I was like, you know, look at this guy. He's got no charisma, but he killed a dude in the ring, and he's leaning into the gimmick. He's putting asses like in seats. You know, that makes me think of it. A lot of wrestling people will talk very fondly. This guy reminds me of this professional wrestler named Ox Baker. Do you know who that is, Farrell? Have you ever heard that name? It's a it's a this is a wrestler. This is a professional wrestler. Yeah, no, I never heard of it. 60s and 70s. Okay, no, I never heard of that. Yeah, it was like in the 60s and 70s. Jim Cornette, you know, go listen to his podcast. I'm sure he's mentioned him a dozen times. But, uh, yeah, his name is Ox Baker. He actually, and this is a shoot. This is legit me. He killed, it was either two or three people, separate occasions. Two or three separate times uh, he's killed people in the ring. That's and awesome. in the 70s. Yeah, Cody Rhodes and them always, you know, talk real highly of him and shit like that. And I guess obviously the <laughs> nice. story goes that, like, you know, because his finishing move is the heart punch. He just punches you. You know, it's in the 70s. He's just some yeah. fat idiot. So whatever. <laughs> they don't have very acrobatic moves. So he's doing a heart punch. I guess it was killing people. And, uh, dude, you can go. You can literally go on the set. Like, uh, dude, they'll have those NWA fucking promos, you know, where it's on the, like, yeah. it looks like CNN or whatever. They're on a stage. They have him cutting. You can go find him cutting those promos. Nice. Like, he's like, those, you know, those, he's like, you know, I got people's husband, uh, wives, you know, mailing me letters saying I killed their husbands. And then he's like, <laughs> he looked at the camera, like, your husband died because he wasn't in shape. And like, he was just, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. He was in there. Kind of, and apparently, obviously, I'm just resting. I'm sure that that is probably why they died for some other reason. But yeah, he would, he just worked it into his gimmick. And then fucking, apparently, dude, he, he, uh, he's dead now, I believe, because he, he lived till he was like 90. But uh, yeah, they said he fucking worked that into his angle, and that was the gimmick that, like, that heart punch, you know, it's killed people. And that was, he fucking yep. kept doing it in matches and shit. Since, and yeah, honestly, that's what you do. You make, you know, it's bad, but you, you know, life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. I'm going to switch gears a bit and talk about wrestling for a second. You know, you talking about that reminded me of this. I don't know why it's coming back to me, but uh, there was a, a, a dream I had like a month ago, and it's coming back to me. Okay. I was with, uh, uh, this is the dream, right? So I was backstage and I guess like me and my tag team partner had just finished our match (laughs) and uh, Paul Heyman was backstage talking to us and he was pissed off and we were just kind of there like the dream starts of us just kind of like getting lectured and nodding our head like, okay, okay. But um, he was saying, he's like, you know, you got to be. Oh, you guys are backstage. Yeah, we're backstage just after the match Uh, and Paul Heyman is bitching at us, you know, and he's saying like, you guys got to be more original. You, you, you got to be creative. And then we're like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, you can't do this. We already got a guy doing this. And he's doing like the Bret Hart talk. And, and you know, he, he's like, there's already a guy that does this. And then we're like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you got to be original. And then he was like, he's like, we already got a girl who's doing this. And he like blows a kiss to the crowd. He's like, you can't be doing that out there. 
And then we're like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, okay, I know. But yeah, he was just running through the laundry list of all these like famous taunts, like, "Oh, you're doing the double flip off. Who do you got a guy who does that?" You know. So I would, I wish, I wish the dream would have started in that entrance, so I could just see us run through a laundry list to get, oh, fuck. To get over. But uh, <laughs> clearly, you should explain to Paul, like, Paul, that's the gimmick. Is that we we do all <laughs> yeah, the, the gimmicks? We do all the gimmicks. We're getting heat with the crowd, and like, you're getting, the crowd's not <laughs> reacting to it. <laughs> Yeah. He needs to have to explain to Paul. Yeah, that's his fucking market, dude. When we get into a big city, we get to the Madison Square <laughs> Garden. They'll get off, it. Paul. Yeah, <laughs> Davenport, Iowa. They just don't get it. These house shows, they just don't fucking get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm gonna talk to him. Oh, uh, so look, uh, that's hilarious. I, I don't know if you've been watching. Like, I haven't really been watching uh, wrestling, but I'm, mm. I'm seeing like kind of what's going on. Like, I just can't get away from it. Yeah, I, I don't know how. Look, well, it's my I, favorite thing. Yeah, yeah, I love listening to the podcast and I love listening to what happened. But no, I haven't seen anything since WrestleMania. And even but, at WrestleMania, I watched like one match. But you look at AEW and it's just like, man, how do they get the mark? They're just so off every time, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, 54-year-old uh, uh, Chris Jericho takes all day to climb his fat tubby ass up the cage. And then he gets pushed off, you know, and everybody's seen it or heard about it. No, you know, he fell into a bunch of pillows and cardboard thing and shit. And of course, the AEW camera, you know, they're picking up the cardboard like they're zooming in on it. I mean, just it's just all Bush League. They got all these women wrestling and and you know, I don't want to somebody... cut you off. All right, go ahead. Well, yeah, I want to say, though, about that, you know, that that bump was hilarious. And I actually had Jr. He was commentating and someone complained. I saw the complaint like, like Jr. didn't put that over. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, you juxtapose that to Cactus Jack taking the hip toss off the top onto a wooden table, dying on there. Well, dude, That's my favorite part. Get excited. I saw this clip and it was like, I guess they have some mud show right after the, the show where like Tony Schiavone gets on and chats with the people. He gets on Twitch or something and oh, he'll yes. like be joined a random wrestlers backstage. But it's literally right after the show goes off air. And then so they're like interacting with the Twitch chat. And somebody was like, oh, I hope Chris Jericho OK after he fell on all that cardboard. And uh, Tony Schiavone reads it. And he's like, he's like, oh, the fucking trolls, you know, fuck that guy. Oh, you're so fucking <laughs> smart, huh? And then uh, he's going on. And it's just like, dude, why are you guys reacting to everything? Like, imagine, you know, fucking Vince McMahon responding to tweets right after Raw or something. Yeah, and, and they record I mean, it. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. But yeah, and dude, go back and watch. Dude, that honey, that I got to say this too. AEW, you know, look. You know, I, I feel about these, blood women, right, these women wrestlers, right? You know, I feel yes. like they're there for for one thing. And AEW has all these women wrestlers and dude, half of them look like mutants. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like we see a lot of the, the guys look like, you know, mud show outlaw fucking coming from the state fair. You know, they're either 145 <laughs> pounds soaking wet, or, you know, or they don't have a muscle tone on them. Nobody's over five, eight. You know, it's like, oh, I guess that's the talent pool. But the women. Uh, you know, you could fire up Twitch and and, and see better looking women. They they, they got Asians yeah. that are chubby fat. They got fifty four year. Well, they got it back. They got trannies. You know they, they got, got it big backwards. fucking trannies, and they're not even strong. Well, you know they got it backwards because WWE's model is opposite. You know we're gonna get. Yeah. You know we're gonna get good workers on. You know for the men, and then you know we're going a different way. Went into the divas. They did it backwards. They were like, look, we're just gonna get you know, whatever we can just to. You know, we're going to get the most over men and then we're going to get the best workers for the divas. And that was a mistake. You don't ever go work rate when we're talking divas or whatever. Yeah. And look, I think look, just to say it, you rarely go work rate, period. Guys, yeah, are girls. I, look, it's pretend fighting. Let's not let's not. Yeah. Work <laughs> rate does is the least of my worries. Dude, I was listening to a podcast recently and they're really putting over big uh, uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio at like a 1997 Halloween Havoc. 
And, you know, my uh-huh. wife was sitting next to me and she would look up and watch it for two seconds and just bury it. You know, she said, oh, that's choreographed, you know, <laughs> or she, you yeah. know, she put her head down to eat a little bit or whatever she's doing. And then, you know, look up, oh, that looks gay, you know, and that's just how people view this. She could be doing cartwheels. Uh, you could be doing super kicks and the planchas. It's it still mostly looks gay. Yeah. You know, with the oh, yeah, like I said, juxtapose that. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah, that I've been because a good friend of the show, Disco Inferno, uh, I have to have him on sometime. Yeah, he uh he obviously hates luchadors and and like lucha wrestling and i went and watched like a triple mania uh i just watched one match uh, i looked like 10 best matches of triple mania in the last 20 years it's a, <laughs> yeah. some vice article and i watched just the shortest one and it was lucha stuff and i guess it's real lucha stuff and yeah they always talk about how Rey mysterio and conan brought it to america and stuff like that and i like you know if i was cornet or something you know i would have heat too because this fucking this is horrible like this is <laughs> not enough there's no psychology this is zero there's people there there were so many times in the match and this is supposed to be some legendary match so i'm assuming it only gets worse from here but there would be times where someone's selling like some back you know you know a back body drop like a grit like they're dead like grim death and then as soon as it's time for them to get up and push them off the jump they just spring up and immediately yeah. spring up and go and do the next thing and it's like well dude at least have a gradual you gradually heard it's like the move didn't even happen. They well, dude, my my, like my favorite horrible. clip I've seen in in, in modern wrestling, I, I'd say in the last easily last twenty five years, maybe this is a top ten clip. But uh, there's some two shitters wrestling in AEW last week. I don't even know who they. Oh, Ricky Starks <laughs> and uh, I think Hangman Page. Well, anyways, there's some spot that they clearly ran through a bunch of times in the back where uh, Hangman Page is supposed to do like a uh a re- like a German suplex, you know, and like a release one, and Ricky Starks mm-hmm. was supposed to flip over and land on his feet. And then, you know, Hangman Page is supposed to turn around and be all shocked that, oh, my God, he's standing there. You know, what happened? Well, <laughs> have you seen this clip? Oh, yeah, where they fuck it up and he's still. Oh, OK, OK, so he throws it. him <laughs> and, and Ricky Starks lands spike yeah. on his head and then he stands up <laughs> <laughs> and he stands up and no sells it because <laughs> he's supposed to land on his feet. And the guy we learned later that he actually broke his neck in a couple of places. So, you know, the, the amount of pain and fear that he was going through in that moment. <laughs> But because the little gay sissy routine they thought of backstage, he's supposed to land on his feet. So he like staggers to his feet and tries to look tough. You know, have you ever been a kid? You know, where like a friend hits you too hard and you try to act like it didn't hurt and you just got pain searing through your body. Lift quivering. He just broke his body shaking and he's no selling it, you know. I feel like if we were kids wrestling in the in the play in the playground and we planned a spot where I'm gonna land on my feet by landing on my head. Even if I was hurt, I was like, you know, I'm going to sell right here. I'm going to sell that that hurt. I'm going to roll around for the crowd, you know, because it really did hurt. And we can call it on the fly after that. But no, this shit hurt. He stands right back up with the broken neck, tries to act like it didn't hurt. I, I love like, that. They don't sell anything. Even when it actually are hurt, they don't, yeah. so they're not going to sell it because it's not a part of the sequence. So I can't do it. The whole, everybody in, in the audience and everybody watching TV saw this big motherfucker land on his neck. You know, we all know it hurt. And but he he just he can't go against the script a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I would like to think his up. internal dialogue like man, we gotta we gotta like we gotta stay <laughs> down and do it. No, no. <laughs> I gotta be standing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just some shitty fucking fucking Monday night match or whatever. It's just <laughs> TV free TVs doing this. Oh uh, yeah. That's hilarious, man. <laughs> I heard him talking about that. Yeah, I was like, dude, they don't sell even when they're actually hurt just because they're not supposed to, they don't do it. And he's like, no one would have. And and even if it didn't hurt him, it fucking would have. I supposed that that doesn't count. We saw you get land on your neck, even if you didn't get hurt. But it's even funnier to think he did actually get hurt. Yeah, like I said, dude, I, I've been meaning to say this all circle way back, but 
I went back because I watched the Blood and Guts match and saw that cage and all that. I went back and watched the Mankind because the Mankind versus. Oh, Undertaker did you watch that Blood and Guts match? Yeah, I did. How was it? Was it was it good or I it was it not bad? Things? Okay, it was okay. It was okay. No, but the ending ruins it. It was okay, and honestly, once uh, the first like two guys, I forgot it was like Guevara and uh, and uh, I don't know, it was Guevara and one of the oh, whoever, one of the, yeah, one of the names, one of the. Faceless. No, it was one of the uh, fucking Dash Wilder and Dash. Yeah, you don't even know Wheeler. which one's which. It was one of them. It was the bald one. Uh, he was there. So they were wrestling. They actually did really good. And then the second pair came in when it was time for the, it was four guys. It was really good. But by the time the fifth guy came, I forgot who it was. I think it was Jake Hager. He fucked it up. And then it got real shitty. They started doing a lot of spots. You can tell, like, these are spots they were trying to do. But before that, it was like a real, like, oh, like a fight would be. You know, it was real mm-hmm. cool. But then it just started getting, but yeah, then it got real shitty. And then the, then when they got on top of the cage, it was horrible, absolutely horrible. Because you could see the way the cage was built. I don't know if you noticed it. It was built like um, real sturdy at the top, so there's no way you can ever fall through it. Oh, okay. And it's like, man, God, I went back and watched The Undertaker versus Mankind Hell in a Cell. And it's like, dude, you watch that, and like you can tell these guys had fucking balls to do this. Because first of all, they climb up the cage. There's no holes for them to put their hands in. Like on this cage, there was like little spots where they could obviously climb it. This one, they were just fucking climb, get like a chain link fence. And then when they're up there, you can see the, the cave is, you know, it's got so much slack. It's about to break any step. There's one spot in the match, the Undertaker Mankind, where they're just walking and Taker's foot actually falls through the cage. I don't know if you remember that. It's real funny. Well, they're not funny, but while he's walking, they actually break the panel and he falls through just briefly and they keep walking and doing it. And then, yeah, fucking Mankind just takes a hip toss off the top. onto the t- At least Shane McMahon, his hurt too. But this was even worse than Shane McMahon's bumps because he took just the wooden table. And then you would think, <laughs> talk about not selling. That doesn't even end the match. He climbs <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> he climbed but, up. But there's big layovers. Like, the match stops for a while. Like, it's absolutely Yeah, well, chaos. they thought, like, okay, well, this he's dead. They, they don't go right into Hurricane Ron. They really, and... I mean, no, yeah, they go up, and then he takes the bump. And uh, I, I've been wanting to bring this up on the podcast for a long time. This was not really so much, but the WWE ring at some point, they changed it to a different ring, to a different type of ring. Because if you go back to like 1995 and watch a Bret Hart match or any match, go back to 1995 or 96, well, no, no, but probably 95 and earlier, the ring is, and they, everyone talks about it, it sounds so much better than rings today and even better than the WCW ring at the time. And apparently the workers did mention that it was a different ring and that it hurt a lot worse, that it hurt a lot more. But it sounded, dude, yeah. when you hit the ring, like just for any move, it sounds like a, like a sack of shit, dude. Like it sounds like you're <laughs> fucking dead. It, it didn't have any bounce or anything. It sounded amazing. And it looks like they fucking had that ring for this one match because when he takes the bump through the top straight to the ground, he takes the choke slam and he just falls flat on the ring. And it's like, damn, dude, that that's... That, that really is something special. Now, when um, what's his face, uh, the the zombie zombie I like turtles guy, when the zombie guy with the skate with Darby Allen, when he gets okay, thrown yeah. down the steps or whatever, <laughs> when he gets thrown down the stairs, it's like who gives it? It's fucking gay. But you go back and watch that match, and you really see like, oh wow, this is what if you want to make wrestling extreme or every now and again you want to have a spot fest, that's the perfect way to do it, man. Because you watch Which, that and you're like, eh, just man, the problem with awesome. that match is, uh, okay, you know, the first one was great. The second one was good. And like, maybe the match wasn't better, but the spots out did it. And then, you know, like Cactus Jack kind of did it one more time with Triple H, but it was a little bit more safer and a little more obviously gimmick the spot. But it's like, yeah. dude, after that, it's like the only way to promote these is to show that those clips. And it's like, nobody's going to ever top it again. Nobody's ever going to have the balls to actually do it like that again. So, so just don't do it. 
Even Shane McMahon did it, and his it was, was very cool. No, his, his were gay, dude. Well, Shane McMahon, cool. every one of those Hell in a Cell cool. spots were gay. No, dude, his were tight. You didn't no, like it? they were gay, dude. To jump and just land on the crash pad, it's so obvious that, that you're, not gonna land pad, on, you're not going to land on Taker. Taker's going to roll out of the way, and you're just going to jump and land on like a retard. And Taker's he did it jump twice because then against Kevin Owens, too. And it was gay both times. All right, fine. That yeah, well, no one's. Gay. What would you do it again? <laughs> no, just so just don't do it. Yeah, that's how like, Cornette was talking about that in his because they were like, oh, when people were talking about Chris Jericho, like, oh, well, what do you want him to really take the bump on the stage? And like, no, no one's asking him to take any bump. Just don't do it. Don't <laughs> climb up there if you're not going to do yeah. it. It's no problem. Just don't do it. Yeah, but yeah, when you watch those those few matches, it's like, yeah, I don't even, I would be uncomfortable watching it again. Or I would be cool, but. You know, you would just be copying this. I don't think you can top those type of things. So it's it's crazy that they try. Yeah, I, I don't think you ever you'll ever get something like that again. Because like you said, the guys are much more pussies. And even when they try to do it, like this Chris Jericho thing, they just make it fucking laughably embarrassing. Which I almost like. I almost kind of want them to lean into that. And let's just really gay it up. Let's fucking well, make it like they were acting like Chris Jericho was dead after that. And like I said, dude, go watch the Cactus Jack one. First of all, that cage looked way higher. And I like that he still Jack. injured himself. Apparently, Jericho like really got injured from that. Yeah, he broke his oh, yeah, shoulder or some shit. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's like, dude, that doesn't even look like it. That doesn't even look like it hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, oh uh, well, man. That's it. This is what it is now. Yeah, that, that that that's wrestling, that's boxing, that's MMA. Have you been watching any MMA fights recently? There was a big one. Um, no, no, I looked at the card. Uh, I thought it was interesting, and uh, I just didn't watch it. But go ahead and uh, what do you yeah, want to talk about on it? Well, no, I was just saying if you watched, there was the uh, Michael Chandler versus uh, the old guy uh, Charles Oliveira for the title. Apparently, it was a real good fight, you know. But uh, of course, I didn't see it. But it, it's it, weird it, that it, like I, I'm when I, I this run that he's on, you know, like th- this guy that's kind of been there for a while and he's now like heating up. And it just reminds me of a uh, God who was the guy that Miocic knocked out for the title. Uh, Fabrizio Verdum. Verdum, you know, Verdum yeah. had existed so long, it had been decent, and then he just goes on this run where he just looks like an absolute killer. And I kind of feel like that's where we're at with Oliver right now, too. Man, that guy looks like an absolute killer, dude. Don't that's the one thing that's so cool about MMA, and that look, while. You know, it won't. I don't think anything can replace wrestling for me, just because that's a childhood and, and it is what it is. That is one thing. Do you want to talk about booking and things like that? Something's really cool about MMA is that so many times they can elevate their mid card and lower level guys. Yeah. To be made, they, they just develop them and, and they they get, and obviously the guys do their part and get better and get work on things and get better. And then just so many guys I've seen like, oh, I remember him. Yeah. He just you mean he went on the big tear? Wow, that's crazy. I remember him shitting Max Holloway. Dude, remember he dropped back. He dropped the two fights early in his career in the UFC to Dustin Poirier and to Conor McGregor. So you would think he's a journeyman level guy, a gatekeeper type of guy, and then he goes on a big run. Same thing with Masvidal. He's in the UFC for you know two and a half decades. And then he goes on a big run, becomes a big main event star after a while. Same thing with Nate Diaz. He won the Ultimate Fighter, but I mean he was always just a middle middle of the road guy. Then you know he has his fights with McGregor, and then he becomes a big main event guy. You know. And so yeah. they just always are doing that. And then guys obviously are doing their part by getting better. Like you said, where doom goes on a big run. Charles Oliveira goes on a big run. I mean, this is always happening. I feel like where guys just make it click at some point in their career. Same with Tyrone Woodley. I thought Tyrone Woodley, he was in the UFC for a while and I didn't think he'd ever be the champion. And then he does go on a big run. And, and now, he's yeah, it's so easy to talk shit about him now, but at the time that was a really hot run. man. Yeah, it was a really hot run. And it wasn't, yeah, it's really easy to talk shit now, but 
yeah, he went on a really hot run. And Unfortunately clearly- for him, you know, like mm-hmm. MMA at that time, I was just at, I think, one of my lowest points of interest. You know, we're coming off of the, uh, the Usada being introduced. We're coming off of the Reebok change. And other than a couple of blips on the radar, under the, other than your Ronda Rousey's and your Conor McGregor's, my interest in the sport was almost at an all-time low. And that just kind of so happens to align with Woodley's reign. And but but you look at it now and it's like uh, okay we're way past the Usada shit, and you know we're well deep into the uh, to these sponsorships of Reebok and all that we're like all the way well, into the new era. And I, it's Reebok, almost heating it's up Venom again. Now. I, my interest is like peaking again, not peaking, but, but but it's boiling, it's simmering again. Like I'm, it's coming back, it's coming back little by little, and it's because they're doing the right things. And like I said, I mean, you know, I know it's it's not predetermined, but you know booking 101 this is how you do it this, you know you don't give up on guys and you make the right matchups at the right time and shit you can have guys that you didn't think you you know you ask you know after you ask three fights into max holloway's run oh is you know is he gonna be a big player one day you'd say no nah, he's not gonna be a big player but you know they kept him around they used him right and he is a big player and it's the same thing with a lot of guys tyron really gets pieced up by rory mcdonald horribly in his fight and then you ask him oh, you, th- you think he'll be a big player one day you think we'll make you'll, you know he'll draw money They'll say no, he's not going to draw anything, you know. But uh, they, he did, you know. They 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 booked him correctly, and they got the right fights at the right time, and he did his part. Obviously, it's not it's not like wrestling, you know. They do have to do their parts, and he did them, and then he becomes, you know, he makes a lot of money and, and main events a lot of cards. So it's just really cool that that's how it works. You know, you never really know the landscape can change at any moment. It seems like. Now, and I really want to say not not this fold. show, but uh, the Jorge Masvidal and uh, Kamara Usman the rematch that whole card. Yeah, that was one of the like most enjoyable experiences I've had in a long time watching an MMA or just watching a card of anything period wrestling and boxing. Yeah, that MMA. was a lot of good fights. Yeah. And you know, that was one of the shortest pay-per-view cards of all time. And like clocked in right over the two second hours. Shortest one of all time. Yeah. It was the second shortest one of all time. Like, dude, that's not an accident, man. Clocking in it just over two hours so? was perfect. No, that, you know, that I'm saying that's why you know, man, the card was so good. So easy to watch. Yeah. You know, I maybe because I live on the West Coast now, so I don't know. But uh, I used to live, uh, I used to live Central Time, and um, the cards end real early here, and I really like that, man. The card will be done. The main event, will, they'll walk out to be happening at like eight p.m. or you know, some prime. Oh yeah, that's hour. so nice. Oh, this is exactly the time one. You're done watching shit by like nine, if that. You're done watching by nine. By ten p.m., the shit's well done. Which is like, okay, perfect, dude. We'd have. I mean, I guess it's not the same for people on the East Coast or anything like that, but. The, well, it makes me think, like, what's way? your perfect wow, MMA card or your perfect boxing card, right? It, w- it would be maybe there's a, a fight that goes all 12 rounds and it's back and forth action. Maybe not. But you would definitely have some knockouts. You know, if every fight is a 10-round slugfest, it, it, it would just be hard to watch. You know, like when you're watching a UFC card and they, yeah. and they got like three title fights and the first two go the distance, even if they're good fights, you're kind of done by that point you know and these wrestling cards are so fucking long dude they start like afternoon and they end right before midnight yeah Yeah, that really can't be too much of a good thing you know because if i if i make your favorite meal and then you know i also get your second favorite meal and your third favorite meal and i put them all right back to back to okay eat them all now you know you're not gonna really be so into it maybe when you first saw it but after the first big meal you know you don't want to Oh, you know, I don't want it. you ate your big pizza. Now I don't want the steak and lobster anymore. You know, it's not as the same. So it's the same thing with wrestling. You know, you put yeah. all these big matches, you know, I mean, back to back to back. I, I never thought, yeah, I, I don't like that. I like the idea of having, if I were to book a wrestling card as well, like one like WrestleMania, I would have a big match. If I would, if I were, let's say you have to have like four big matches on there, you know, you have to have yeah. a 
big tag team match and a big whatever. I would like in between all those matches, I would have a little fill, or at least in between the real main event, like the you know the Roman Reigns versus Undertaker or whatever, and in between that match and the one that preceded it, I would have a little you know four minute squash match or something. Just bring out Braun Strowman and you know three idiots and have you know something like that. I would have something to reset the crowd. That's what I would do anyway. You think that's a good booking idea? Yeah, or just not have them all. You know, they sh- all shouldn't be fifteen-minute matches. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's the one sport you think you can manipulate the ending and you can manipulate the whole thing, and so you can make it perfect. And it's it's you know it's never perfect. It is never perfect. No, I'm never even close. Yes, yeah, so I'm that, gonna that, move it forward. Works, Unless you got something else you want to say, I I I think that people no, are ready. No, we, we got a guy in the inside. Uh, we got a guy boots to the ground over there in D-Raz. He has his ear to the door. He's a part of it. He, he's in the sport. He's listening in on things he's not supposed to listen to. He's seeing things that he's not supposed to see. Mm-hmm. He's hearing things that we're not all privy to. You know, most of us, everybody else, we got to rely on the hacks at the zone to tell us what's going on. Uh, little worms like Eli Sekbach to tell us what's going on. So we're going to ask you, D-Raz, what do you got for us, man? What's going on over there in Vegas that uh, uh, fight fans wouldn't otherwise know? Who's doing what? What's the dirtiest, nasty? Who's in trouble? Give us something to look out for. Well, I'll tell you something. <laughs> There's a couple of fighters that, that I've been getting some more insight on. Uh, you're familiar with Devin Haney, right? Yes. All right, guys. I'm, I'm well, going to prep the listeners. We got, we got big news coming on Devin Haney, something big. Go ahead. Go ahead, D-Raz. Well, I got to lay eyes on him. And then you know, he's a very short guy, very small. They uh, bill him at 5'9", and I, I'm 5'10". So if I'm 5'10", I, I, you know, I'll be a little bit taller. But I thought, you know, it sh- really shouldn't be that noticeable. We should be close to eye to eye. And then I got to see him just briefly. This was just, they, they, as we were leaving, they were coming. I don't know, if, I don't know for what. But uh, he was saying, uh, I asked him a coach the next day, and he said they, they come. A lot of people will come to just take pictures at this gym because it's really close to the strip. So they'll come to take pictures and shit like that, you know, like promotional shit. So I was like, oh, they pay you for that? And he said no. And I was like, oh, that's – you shouldn't do it then. But anyway, um, he was there, really short guy. Or not – you know, he's, he's like 5'8", five, 5'7", five, small guy. And then uh, the, uh, I was at – there's some guys in my gym that had, sp- that had sparred him recently because he's fighting Jorge Linares. Mm-hmm. And um, they said that he's doing uh, – he's doing five-minute rounds. Okay. And that he's only allowed to throw – he does five-minute rounds when he spars. And then he said a lot of these times he'll throw less than 20 punches around. And I kind of thought that was funny because um, I don't know if you know, if you've ever watched Devin Haney fight very much, but he's a real slow starter and he's oh, really, yeah. he paces fights a lot, right? He yes. paces fights a lot. So you would think, I would think that's counterintuitive to make him do a longer round. Cause then he's just going to get used to pacing five minutes, which is even slower than three minutes. <laughs> wouldn't, if you were the coach for him, wouldn't you make him do shorter rounds and so he would be, be more active? Well, yeah, 10 second rounds. Yeah, one combination of rounds. But, uh, you know, another piece of information that's just a little high spot on the way to the main event, guys. All right, just a little, the, the just, big wait, just wetting your teeth, uh, wetting your lips. Go yeah, ahead. This is a, this all is right, a guys, funny, we're about to bring it home. Anecdote. He's this about is... to drop the bomb on Devin Haney. What is the breaking news you got? <laughs> well, it's not him. We're moving away from him because, you know, I oh, know okay, he okay, okay. He doesn't sell tickets quite like this next guy. All right. You know, he's not a big star quite like this next guy. All right. We're getting this excited. next guy's former world champion. Okay. All right. This is a former world champion. All right. <laughs> and this is just an anecdote, guys. This isn't anything. It just lets you know what kind of man he is. 
this is former world champion. Um, I'm gonna say this name, and you know, I almost don't even want to. Uh, I, he, you know, I almost don't. Even, I know when I say his name, we're gonna get a lot of new listeners, and this is gonna, you yeah, know, it's gonna attract the wrong be crowd, flooded but. with his fans. Yeah, he's gonna be flooded with his fans sticking up for him and and saying that you know he wouldn't do that and and whatnot. But um, you know, one of your personal favorite fighters, Angelo Leo. I don't know even know who that is. I mean, it's one of your favorite guys. Angelo Leo. <laughs> He's a former world champion. Yeah, go ahead and look him up. Former world champions from the All same right. hometown as. Oh, it better be real. Juicy I, legitimately one of your favorite fighters. Fuck this is. Uh, he's from the same town as Johnny Tompia. That means nothing. To now, me. does that now add, let's ask, does that get any clout with you? All right, Albuquerque. All right, yeah. Okay, that's I'm popping. All right, so it gets, it gets a little more shine with you. Yes, yeah, so a former world champion, 122 pounds. Uh, I saw him in the gym. He actually was at the gym a couple days ago training, though, just with us. And uh, I didn't uh, – this goes to show you, and as much as I know about boxing, it didn't, I didn't bat an eye. I didn't even know who this guy was. I kicked <laughs> him off the bag. <laughs> I didn't realize who it was, but we were both on the same bag. And then uh, – because they're all – there was only, like, five bags because they're, they're remodeling. And it, there's one just for uppercuts. Like, you know, the the wrecking ball? Oh, okay, and, uh, yeah. we were both on we were both on there. And he's like, you on here? And I was like, yeah, I'm on here. So he had to go somewhere else. And I just – now looking back, I'm like, that's funny that he had to go to a different bag. <laughs> but um, he went to some jab. He had – he's practicing some other shit after that. But uh, anyway, he was there. And, um, and I guess now it all makes sense. But everyone in the gym was talking about his most recent fight where he lost his world title. That you and maybe some other people, I would never say this, but you and some other people would maybe say he should have never have had to begin with since you yeah. know who he is. I'm going I'm to tell all the, the listeners right now at, at that to go ahead and press press S on your keyboard. Press S to spit on <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> on Angelo Leo. All right, everybody listening at home, go ahead and press S to spit on Angelo Leo. Again, that's press S to spit on Angelo Leo. <laughs> Okay, former world champion. Yes, yeah, so former world champion Angelo Leo. So everyone's spitting on him, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you just seen the Twitch chat. S S S S S S. Yeah, yeah. well, that's fine. Uh, that's your guys. That's you guys. I would never say something like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he's and there he is, and then uh, so anyway, everyone's talking about his most recent fight where he lost this world title that he maybe got on. Some would say you know a bit of a fugazi. Dubious circumstances. So anyway, yeah. he lost. Dubious circumstances has resulted in him being the world champion. And uh, he uh, lost his title to someone else, a big, big name, actually, Stephen Fulton. Oh, God. Big, I, know you're, I know you're a big Fulton guy. Every, everybody listening right now, go ahead and grab your keyboards. Press S to spit <laughs> on Stephen Fulton. Press S to spit on Stephen Fulton. Again, that's press S <laughs> so- to spit on Stephen Fulton. You know, pretty soon we're just gonna have to you're gonna have to press S for the whole you know junior featherweight division because that's that's what you know these are kings. <laughs> you know, you know kings I, I'm, this is, was a bit of a these are a bit of a, this is a bit of a tangent, but uh, you know how they have this is like big in like Mexican boxing culture. Yeah, well, really boxing culture, but it's a lot with Mexicans. I feel like they have those shirts and those things about you know four kings or the or they yeah you yeah, know, yeah, the yeah Latin yeah. kings. And it's always like a picture of like Hagler, Hearns, uh, Durant. Dead or alive. Like the, Dead or alive. Greatest of all time. Kings. All that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dead or alive. Four kings. <laughs> I can imagine they have a, a junior featherweights to four kings or whatever. <laughs> it's, Stephen it's, Fulton. It's Stephen Fulton. <laughs> Angela <Andrew> Leo. <laughs> no, no, no. Do them both twice. It's both. It's them twice. <laughs> Oh, it's like the nylon, 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 nylon. It's just Fulton and Leo, Fulton and Leo. Fulton and Leo, Fulton and Leo. Those are the four kings. 
But anyway, um, yeah, hold that mic to your fucking head, dude. Anyway, they were uh, they were they're talking about you know they were talking shop about the fight and you know th- these people I don't consider them astrophysicists, but you know they're getting their master's degree. What would that have even been shown on? You know, like Telemundo after dark. Nobody's. Watching. I legitimately after realizing it was him because I've heard the name only because of these guys. I honestly I would say my level of, I would never have ever seeked out one of his fights, but I went to watch his title fight that he won. And I'll say it was during COVID, so I'm not going to say anything bad about it. But, dude, it was in, like, the freaking bingo hall oh, here in Los Angeles. some bingo hall that he won the fight. And it was during COVID, fine. But the the anyway, this next fight, he, yeah, but the next fight wasn't. They, they, they had some attendance for the, the Stephen Fulton fight, and that was also in a bingo hall. But uh, anyway, they were talking about it. And, you know, these guys aren't astrophysicists or anything like, like our listeners and us. But, you know, they're working on their master's degree and they just finished their undergraduate. So they know enough about boxing that I always, you know, we'll always chop it up about boxing. And they were um, they were brought, talking about that fight with, with him there. And I obviously, you know, I didn't know you could show me a picture of him with his little belt and his gloves and, and a hat on that said, my name is Angelo Leo. I wouldn't know who he is. Um, <laughs> so, my uh, name is Angelo Leo. I'm boxer. <laughs> yeah, I'm boxer. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know who the fuck he is. So he was there with all, he had his whole posse there too. There's a lot of indicators you should have realized, but he had his whole posse there. There was like four other guys that were just wiping off his sweat and shit. Oh, God. Yeah. And also, uh, just to paint a picture, Angela Lee, guy's like 5'3. If he weighs 122 pounds, he must have made it soaking wet because, yeah, this guy's a little mutant of a man. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he's there and he's very, he's actually very nice and humble. And anyway, they're talking about the Stephen Fulton guy's got a big fight. Big fight, big fight coming up with uh, the other one of the four kings, Luis Neary. I don't know if you're a big Luis Neary guy, but uh, so one of the other kings. Oh, I'm just going to say real quick, go ahead, and, go, ahead and press, go ahead and press S to spit on Luis Neary. That's ridiculous. <laughs> a lot of call him the emperor of the junior featherweights. Dude, I don't. You know, I'm gonna pivot real quick. Also I'm, known as oh, this is the weight most most women don't even weigh junior featherweight. Uh, uh, 122 pounds. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna shift it real, real quick. All right. Yeah. Thanks, D Raz. a lot of these are grown men apparently. Yeah. Well, I, I'm almost done. Eh? Okay. <laughs> go ahead. When I start talking about his fight with Luis Neary, and then I weigh in on, and obviously I, I give them something outside of the matrix and say, yeah, you know, Luis Neary's shit. And Stephen Fulton is shit. <laughs> I've never seen Stephen Fulton. And I, yeah. I legitimately said, I and this is word for word. I said, you know, the only time I ever saw Stephen Fulton in my entire life is when he beat up um, Angelo Leo, and that is nothing. And that's what I said. I said, and that is nothing. And no one said anything. You know, no one sold it. It got real quiet. Everyone looked around. You know, that Angelo Leo, the worm weasel scumbag he is, didn't even look in my – didn't acknowledge – He was there when you were going on this rant? Yeah, this was – we were all side by – we were all standing on the ring. I walked because I heard them talking about the fight coming up, so I walked over there. And said that, and then no one. You should have grabbed the mic and cut a promo on Angelo Leo. Give him, give <laughs> well, him a little he, taste you know, of the big leagues. Well, then uh, Angelo Leo interjected. You know, at least one whole minute after I said that, I was like, "Yeah, you know, I didn't think he hit that hard. I was running into his shots. That you know, they didn't hurt too bad." And then I kind of just, oh, I walked away. I was like, "Oh, that must be him." And I was thinking, like, "Oh, you know, that's you know, that's not cool that I said that, but maybe he should have spoke up and said something." Yeah, they all let me say, it, and I, you know, so I just want to point that out that these are world champions today, guys. Pugilist world <sighs> champions. 
Yeah, and here's what I'm gonna say. You kept calling these guys kings. You know, it's obviously it's kings of dirt, kings of shit. <laughs> uh, well, real fast, I want you to go on, but before we go, he does have a fight coming up, and he asked me to plug it on the podcast. So I said, you know, yeah, I'll, you know, you have to pay some money, man. I don't, we don't, we don't do shit for free. So anyway, so his big fight coming up, it's going to be Angelo Leo versus uh, arguably they're saying next in line to be a king in this division, you know, probably in the next three years. And you're talking about the fourth king stepping in the way. His name is Brandon Smith. So it's going right. to be Angelo Leo versus Brandon Smith, June 26th at the uh, Las Vegas Civic Bingo Hall. And, uh, you know, there's going to be limited attendance. So if, uh, 50% yeah, going to be limited, uh, limited <laughs> attendance if it's in the middle of Times Square. Dude, that's ridiculous. It's gonna be fifty percent capacity anyway. So look, man, that's... it'll be fifty percent of whatever the hundred people they were gonna draw to that fight. So all right, well, I didn't get any of live this live on pay per view too. I didn't, I didn't get any of this cash donation. So this is gonna be edited out. We're not gonna. This nobody's gonna hear about these worms who are fighting. That's like, considered a charity, man. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, why do we have to go along with this cosplay boxing bullshit? Why, why, yeah, why do we have that? You know, it's sad because you have guys like that. Children, really, because any man that says he's 122 pounds, I, 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 you know, I'm going to argue. I have very strong doubts that that's a man. Look, I, but, we're um, talking about these kings of shit. I, I'm going to pivot to this, and we can end it on here unless you have something else to say. But uh, look, as you all know, uh, <laughs> I was... Uh, you know, a, a long-standing member of SureDog.com. Everybody here knows that that I, I was on that. I'm, I, you know, it's people like me that made that place what it was, and uh, you know, I've been kicked out since on my own volition, really, on my own <laughs> sure. accord. I went that's out on my how, own. That's usually terms. how those things go, man. Yeah. Well, anyways, it, you know, th there was this uh, little game that some of you might remember called EA UFC, and and when the first one came yeah. out, we would have these uh, great. We, oh yeah, I'm gonna bring it home after this. We would have these tournaments on the game these threads right in these threads go ahead and type in ea ufc tournament and i bet you anything those sure dog threads will come up as the first google page and we would these threads would go hundreds of pages people were in on it we were cutting promos on each other we had people joining the sites we had top guys in the game joining the site just to get in on the tournaments and we were cutting promos uh look i did win the heavyweight tournament uh there were a lot of promos cut uh, I, 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 I was a finalist in the really? World Toy tournament. Yeah. Uh, you know, fine. You know, the, the so game you did game, win one of these tournaments, huh? Yeah, I did win one of these tournaments. And then on the next one, it was my weakest division, welterweight, but I still made finals. Uh, nice. and it was against the guy. It was against the guy who I beat in the heavyweight tournament, you know, so the bad oh, blood wow, had built up. Well, anyways, uh, That's look, long term booking right there. Yeah. You know, and the game kind of died off after a while. We did a lot of tournaments and then, uh, we all kind of decided to start playing again EA UFC 3 when that one came out, right? Mm -hmm. And, oh, you know, we kind of got the band back together. We got the boys back together. Uh, but the game was shit. The game was gay. Uh, I lost in the first round, right? And there were some new cats on the scene, some new guys. And they were saying how they were the kings. And we're only not playing anymore because they're the best. And it's like, you know what? You're the best in a time where it doesn't even matter anymore. You know, you're the king of shit. Nobody is joining the site to, to watch you shitters play. You guys have no personality, no charisma. <laughs> the, the matches aren't exciting, you know. So, yeah, go ahead and take it. Wear your crown of shit. And it's the same thing. You got guys like Louis Neary, Brandon, Omar Garoa, Leo Baldo, Cruz. Yep. Nobody cares who these guys are. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's absolutely embarrassing, and I'm glad you disrespected him in the gym. And you should continue to. And uh, all of our listeners, if you see any one of these guys, any one of these cosplay boxers, 
uh, yeah, go right up in their face and spit on them, you know, because that's embarrassing. Yeah, I'll see him again and I'll tell him, you know, you, you bring that belt to this gym one more time. He didn't bring it, but if he does decide to bring it, I tell you, you know, you won't. You know what you need to do? You need to dress him down. You didn't deserve it in the first place. No, what you need to do is <laughs> next time he comes in there, you grab him by his waistband of his shorts, you pull them off, you bend him over, you pull off his shirt, you yank off his gloves, you push him out of the gym ass naked. And then there will be eyes on him. The, the, the first time he's ever had it in his career, he should be thanking you in that moment. <laughs> yeah, it'll be the first time he ever goes viral. And it'll be the last time, too. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, look, I don't think he's coming back. I think he's, he, king he leaned over to one of his lightweight king assaulted junior feather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think uh, he'll, uh, he leaned over to one of his handlers and he said, hey, I think we need to find a new gym. And I'm sure that'll be the last time I ever saw him. Yeah. It'll be the last time we ever spoke. All right, man. Uh, let's go ahead and, and wrap it anyway, up. Anyway, that's the week. news. That's the news. Go ahead. Yeah. Thanks a lot, D-Raz. Uh, you really enlightened us. Uh, I, I look every week. Every, well, not every week, but every time you come on and do this, I feel like the, the curtain gets pulled back a little more and, and we see how how bad things really are. Because, look, you know, everyone's existing inside the Matrix and it's hard to come out uh, on your own. So we're just giving you guys a little help now. Maybe next time you hear about the the four kings of, of the, you know, the eating disorders, the 120-pound guys, then you'll – It'll, it'll, you'll, you'll think about the time that Angelo Leo got, you know, disrespected by a nobody and did nothing. 126 pounds. That's couldn't a, that's do a, anything. That's a did, girl in fourth grade. Because if he did something, you. he would have got smacked across his face, and he knows that the situation would have gone from bad to worse. It would, he would have been in danger and then going into grave danger, and his yes. life would have been in serious jeopardy. So he didn't do anything. He stayed quiet. The next time you hear about Stephen Fulton and his 26 and 0 and is really making making some moves in the 100 junior lightweight junior atom weight division then then you'll know that okay well then i know any grown man can can smack him and take all of his belts so we're helping you guys just like you've helped us with that we'll bid you adieu and uh peace out bye